Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast episode by Savari. Um, I know it's kind of been a while, and there's a reason for that. And, you know, I don't know how to tackle it, but other than just kind of coming out there and saying it, some of you know, some of you might not know, but basically had a little, not a little, but a dramatic family occurrence happened that, you know, for me, I thought it would be best just to take a little break and see where I end up with certain things and then go from there. So um, there's a lot in this podcast, but basically going to focus on one thing and just really open up about the situation and where I'm at with it. And everybody else in my family is at with it and use my situation to help other people that are probably going through something similar or along the same lines, harder, you know, whatever it is, it's probably something that you can take from this and apply it to whatever it is that you're going through. So basically everything in life is a lesson learned. Um, that's the positive outlook on everything. That's the silver lining aspect, you know, set type of mentality. And so, you know, it's difficult at times, but sometimes you kind of need to hear other people going through stuff to help you get through your own stuff. And I know that was true for me. So I figured that, you know, it was about time I kind of came out of the woodworks, you know, and got back on here and talked about things that I think are important. Yeah. So without further ado, um, you know, like I said, other than just coming out and saying it, basically, um, you know, my family had to go through probably one of the things we never thought we'd have to go through. And so it's strange, um, for sure. But over the summer, my dad, who has been a pastor my whole life, so he started being a pastor in 1994, and I'm going to be 27. I'm going to be 28. I'm going to be 28. I'm going to be 28. So for 27 years of my life, um, my dad was a pastor up in northern Wisconsin, and in May this past summer, he left my mom unexpectedly. Um, I don't know if it's really unexpectedly, but, you know, it didn't. We didn't think it would come to this type of thing. You know, there's red flags. Um, I was home for like the last two years of my parents' marriage. And so, you know, there's definitely red flags. There's things that weren't right. And I'm not going to dive into too much of the details. I mean, right away. I mean, I'll talk about it for sure. I'll address it. but. Um, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, so I don't want to speculate the unknowns. Um, but basically, he left my mom for another woman that he was counseling uh, in May. Um, and again, I don't want to go too much into that, just out of respect for, you know, my mom and, you know, the rest of my family. Um, so, like, the details of it all, you know, obviously, I'm not going to talk about. And I don't really think it matters that much to be honest, when it comes to what I'm about to talk about. But yeah, so that was kind of a shock, to say the least. Um, and so yeah, obviously, my dad's not a pastor anymore. And that's all I known him as. And it's obviously, if you know anything about Christianity, he's a non denominational pastor. And that's, you know, divorce and adultery is a big no, no, um, huge one. Uh, basically nobody disagrees on that, whether you're Christian or non-Christian, um, you know, that stuff isn't right. 
it's pretty plain to see. So I think what people are struggling with is the hypocrisy. Like, how can he do this when he tells us not to do that? And, you know, from the outside looking in, it's very strange. And I have the perspective of the inside of like what it was that, you know, may have happened or kind of from my perspective or how it affected me, you know? Um, and divorce is obviously a pretty common thing in our culture. So I feel like it's important to talk about um, and how to talk about it, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, it's not an easy subject. I know a lot of people would rather bury these types of feelings and run away and hide from them, which at the time is the easier thing to do, but over time, it's the worst thing to do. So I'm definitely open about talking about it, um, you know, and then just going from there, I guess. Um, but like I said, I feel like it's important to talk about now because there used to be a saying that I, you know, totally agreed with, and I still agree with it, but I think there's a little more to it than just this. And the saying is, you know, treat people nice because you never know what they're going through. Um, nobody would have ever thought that my family would have gone through something like this from the outside looking at. Um, you know, I tweaked that saying a little bit where it'd be, be nice to people because you know exactly what they're going through. People are going through hard stuff all the time. I don't care who you are or what it looks like um, or what you try to portray or not, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, whoever it is out there, whether it's sitting next to someone on the plane or on the bus or rubbing elbows with someone at work, whatever it is, that person is probably going through something difficult. Um, and that's why I think it's important to do these podcasts. I think that's why it's important to, you know, keep doors open for people when they walk through or whatever it is, any kind of act of kindness that you can do because that person's probably in their head thinking about something that's hurting them or trying to run away from it, one or the other. So I think it's important for us to be aware that everybody's going through something tough um, all the time. doesn't matter what it looks like. Um, so yeah, with that being said, um, basically going to how, how we as a family have been handling it, how I've been handling it. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect going forward. I guess we'll figure it out. Um, I'm kind of, every time I do one of these podcasts, it's basically off the top ad lib, just something from my heart that I feel like can help people and myself. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I should talk a little bit about my relationship with my dad. And to be totally honest, you know, and now that all this has come out, has came out, it's probably not that hard to imagine, but before all this stuff has come out, not a lot of people would understand what I was trying to say. So I kind of kept it to myself. But when I was 19, you know, my dad and I's relationship basically was non-existent. Um, I'd say from the ages of like 10 to 18, I basically, you know, I never trusted telling him anything. I just kind of was, you know, I, I, I thought that was normal. Um, you know, when you're young, you don't really know what's normal. Um, so whatever happens to you just appears to be normal. And that's another thing I would tell people, you know, maybe you should examine your relationships and really ask yourself, is this normal? Because if you don't know, if you never had an outside perspective of your own relationships, then you really don't know. So for me, ages like 10 to 18 with my dad, basically, I just thought that this was normal. You know, I had to earn my love 
Um, basically, my relationship with my dad was my relationship with God. And that relationship was do good and bad things won't happen. Do bad and very bad things will happen. So if you're kind of living that type of lifestyle, it probably stems from some type of relationship, you know, falling apart relationship. So like I said, for me, it was if you do good, bad things won't happen. If you do bad things, very bad things will happen. And so that was hard because that makes you walk on eggshells. It makes you feel like you can't make mistakes. You're afraid to fail and you always have to be you know, perfect um, from the outside looking in. And so there's a lot of pressure with that. And eventually there's just a lot of, you know, falling out and, you know, waywardness going off and doing your own thing, which I'm you know, glad happened. I'm glad God kind of kept me in, the, in a good space, even though all that stuff was happening. And again, at the time, I didn't really know what was happening. So by, by the time I was 19, I became very frustrated with my dad and our relationship. And from the ages of like 19, to like 23 we didn't have a relationship I mean we stayed in contact barely um but only when I would come home and we kind of have shallow conversations but basically he was just there for me um because he he was there and you know that's just what it was and this isn't like a podcast for me to you know trash my dad at all um this is stuff that I kind of said privately before and the reason I'm saying this stuff is because if there's stuff like this going on in your relationship with your dad, then it's, or whoever, um, you know, I'm probably good to discuss it and learn from whatever it is that I went through. And so from the ages of like 24 to now, or just up until this summer, I was trying to reconcile my relationship with my dad as best as I could. But again, it was very hard because it reminded me of all the things that had happened to me when I was like 19. 18 and stuff like that so basically I just realized other people's dads weren't treating their kids like I was being treated or like these impossible standards that I had to meet in order to be loved by my dad so um and just a real quick point basically what it all came down to is I had to be good at what I chose football because my dad loved football I had to be good at football in order for my dad or anybody really, because I was like the only way I could um, comprehend love was if I was good at football, then people would like me, um, you know, kind of boiled down to my coach's friends, but ultimately my dad. And so there was a period of time there where I wasn't playing football, where I was hurt and other things were going on. And I didn't feel like anybody liked me because I wasn't earning like recognition and stuff like that, or I wasn't providing a service to somebody that could, you know, compliment me on it. And so um, you know, again, I don't want to make it out like my dad's the worst person because he's not, honestly. Um, it's just he's a human being, one and two. Um, without getting into it too much, he, from my perspective, just sort of didn't have a good group of people around him to keep him in check. And he didn't, you know, listen to the humble warnings. And so you know, stuff like this happens when you're not, when you're not willing to listen to people that have a different perspective than you and stuff like that. So keep an open mind about certain things for sure. Um, and it's easy for me to say that when I'm not married and I'm not a pastor of a church. So my dad had to deal with a lot of pressures and a lot of failures because every time he fails, you know, that's not the perspective you should have. Someone is, you know, 
turning away from God in his mind. You know, we don't really know. But at the end of the day, that's kind of the type of stuff that he would um, handle on his own and he, stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. So like I said, I don't want to get into it too much um, because I don't really know. So I don't want to speculate too much. Um, for me and my dad, I haven't talked to my dad since May. Um, I didn't leave him the greatest message uh, just because I didn't. I just didn't feel like it. And so that's kind of this huge conundrum with Christianity and just life in general. It's like, how do you forgive somebody that hurt you or how, what does that look like? And so that's basically what we're going through right now. Um, and I have a little bit of, I have a pretty good idea of it, but I mean, most Christians and people in general will tell you, you know, you're supposed to forgive this person and move on. And it's like, yeah, but it's easier said than done. And so what do we do with a broken relationship? And so we all have broken relationships, whether it's with our parents, our, our relative, or our girlfriend, our boyfriend. We've all been through some type of broken relationship or lost one, whatever, or a relationship with God. Like, it could be broken. Um, and so basically for me uh this is where i'm at right now and it is a pretty good place um i dealt with all the anger stuff when i was 19 basically so i haven't been uh i would say and i'm pretty like i used to be pretty angry just in general because of the certain things when i was growing up but yeah, I haven't been that type of angry in a long time. And a lot of it is because of God, obviously. And I learned his unconditional love for me and forgiveness. And it's given me this release of things prior that would, you know, just really frustrate me. And so I want to say I'm not angry at my dad, um, but I would say that I am more hurt, which is weird um, because experiencing hurt for me isn't you know, something, something I just shut myself off from. I want to let myself get hurt, um, which isn't good, right? That's not healthy. Um, but with that being said, I would say that I have forgiven my dad in a way. Um, I never, I don't reach out to him though, because I don't feel like he's in a place where it would matter so much. So, and I know anybody listening to that, they might think that that's not true, which I get that. But from my perspective and from the conversations I've had with, and I've had to, I got counseling because um, my mom asked me to, and there's nothing, you know, you don't have to be ashamed about getting counseling. Um, I know it sounds weird and scary and all that stuff, but it's actually really good. Like I've realized I've had coaches in my life for just about everything other than things that actually matter. You know, like I've had a bunch of football coaches, a bunch of strength coaches, you know, coaches for whatever. I mean, I've had teachers for every subject in school you could imagine. And, but I've never had, you know, which, which is where my father should have been, um, that person to help me with life, um, spiritual and mental and physical life. Um, I mean, he did to some degree. I'm glad he introduced me to God um, that I'm very thankful for. Uh, and then just taking it where God really wants it to be it's something that's been very good for me. So I've had some pretty crazy things going on in my life just outside of this divorce. Um, 
So for me, this wasn't like the most craziest thing that's ever happened to me. If I'm in the close, the people that know me know that. Um, so for me, it was more of, it's, it's going to sound weird, but I know that it's a situation that's going to be a good thing eventually. Um, I, and it has been like, you know, all three of my siblings are married with kids and it makes you realize how important marriage is you know when a kid goes through something like that you can do two things um you can either never get married because you're afraid of what it'll do to your kids because you don't want to put them through that type of stuff or you know and again you don't want to overcorrect, but you can be very conscientious of how hurtful it can be for the kid so you're taking the necessary precautions and steps to make sure that you know, your kids have a good home life. Um, again, you don't want to overcorrect, but you do want to be, like I said, conscientious. So, and basically that all boils down to, you know, reading the Bible every day, um, facing your fears, getting outside your comfort zone and being vulnerable. That's the hardest thing in this culture today is being vulnerable. And I'm not talking about like physically, I'm talking about spiritually, like mentally, your emotions, like coming on this podcast and talking about something like this or you know going up to somebody and talking to them about whatever it is on your heart like hey this this and that or like I've always felt like I wanted to say this to you or being open being honorable um C.S. Lewis has a really good quote and I don't want to botch it but basically at the end of the day his quote says it's from four loves and it's basically like if you want to shelter your heart, protect your heart and never love again, you'll, you won't ever get hurt. But the closest thing to being fully protected with your heart outside of heaven is hell. So you're basically living in your own hell if you try to shut yourself off from pain. So, which is crazy. And C.S. Lewis is probably one of the smartest guys that ever walked this earth. And he has a lot of really good perspectives. And so him saying that, you know, it's like, yeah, I can shut myself off and, you know, not let anybody in, which is what men and women tend to do quite a bit in this culture. And we like to call it independent or whatever. You know, we like to mask it with whatever masculine thing we can think of, even though the opposite of masculinity is, you know, shutting people out. Um, you know, it's actually really the opposite of strong. What strong really is, is being able to forgive people and being vulnerable again to them that sucks right putting yourself out there to get hurt again sucks but when you know you have a source like god you can do that because god no matter what happens is going to pick me up brush me off and get me back on my feet again um and that's basically all everything that i've ever been through um you know it has its unique learnings it has its unique um silver linings but at the end of the day it's really just God picking me up, showing me, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I make this, um, or how can I let this become something good in my life? And once you just handle something like this and give it back to God, you'll realize that you become a stronger person. Like, and it's evident, everything that we do, you lift weights to tear down your muscles. You don't, like, that's how it works. You tear down your muscles, your muscles get bigger right? You tear down your walls, you tear down your guards, you tear down all this defense mechanism crap, um, you become a better person. So you let your heart out. Um, we all as kids have this and like, I have a bunch of nieces and nephews and 
as with them today and they're all playing and none of these kids are afraid to go up to each other and hug each other and be weird and bounce on the bouncy house or do whatever or share or whatever they're all like just so everybody's on the same team everybody loves everybody type stuff and that's how our hearts are like that's who we're meant to be it's when we get hurt when we start doing weird stuff where we start building up these defense mechanisms and we guard ourselves from getting hurt again and that's when we really lose out in life when we decide to shut ourselves off from what actually gives us life and so anybody that's been through like I said everybody's been through a traumatic relationship uh, like breakup or some type of pain you know where it makes them want to shut themselves off I myself included I shut myself off from getting hurt again um, putting myself out there and then the cause of that the effect of that is you know, I got to do other things. I got to do, I got to drink. I got to do, you know, I got to win accolades or I got to do something in order to make myself feel good for the, the walls I put up because I'm not getting true supply from where I'm supposed to be getting it from. So I would encourage you along with myself, because it's a daily thing to be honorable. I mean, that's really where true life comes from is being vulnerable, opening up, you know, forgiving yourself and forgiving others, letting God love you, letting God, you know, in the moments of our hardships, talk to us about what's going on, um, where we are in life, uh, how, and then letting God, you know, take us to the next step because all of these things, God can stop. Like, that's the crazy part about it. Like, I know God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, but God lets these things happen one because of free choice but mostly because he knows that these persecutions will make us better people and i know god has a plan for my dad and my family in general so it's trusting that having faith in that entirety of his plan um i don't think it was in his design plan for my dad to do this because like i said there's many red flags many warnings my dad had plenty of opportunities to you know have a different path um, but since he didn't, there's just going to be a super abounding grace in this area for all of us. And when my dad finally does, you know, decide to think differently and change his ways about this, um, you know, the reconciliation process is going to be strange. And I won't get into that because that hasn't happened yet. But, you know, that, that, that'll probably be the hardest part. Um, you know, like I said, I forgive my dad. I don't really feel a lot of sting. Um, awkwardness, yes. Uh, but yeah, the reconciliation process will, will be interesting to say the least. But obviously, there's going to have to be boundaries. But anyway, that's we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, so long story short, you know, uh, oh, yeah, I'll talk about it. So like for me, so what does being vulnerable look like? Well, for me, being vulnerable looks like uh, writing poems. Um, writing music, singing, playing guitar. That's really hard for me. Uh, I don't like putting myself out there because I don't really like think that I'm that good. And if I'm not that good at something, I, I hate doing it. And so, but I do have some types of things that I'm good at. Like I'm good at writing, um, but that's not like very masculine, right? That's not uh, like poems aren't cool for guys. Um, but, you know, I've decided to get over that. I've decided that you know, 
And that's one of the things that I've seen hurt my dad the most was the fear of man's opinion. And it hurts a lot of guys. Um, I don't think we talk about it enough, but the fear of man's opinion just destroys people. Um, and so one, I realized people don't really care whether it's good or bad. You know, they don't really care. Um, two, uh, whatever their opinion is, isn't going to help you. Um, unless they really care about you, they're going to supply you with something that's going to uplift you. And so those types of people, yeah, you want around, you want their opinion in your life. But the, the other types of people, if they're not supplying you with life, if they're not giving you something that makes you feel better or makes you, and I'm not saying, you know, toot your own horn, but I'm saying like, you know, you know, prophecy is one of them. Um, telling you to go outside your comfort zone, being with you, like if they're going to come alongside you um, and help you do something you've never done before, you know, those are the types of people you want in your life. And those people's opinion matter. The people that, and I know this is a weird example, but it's true. Like I got to do these weird stretches for my hips and they don't look very masculine. All right. I'm doing them in the rec, but at the end of the day, it's like, my mind is like, I'm worried about what these people think, but at the end of the day, it's like, does their opinion matter? Like, is their opinion going to help my hips feel better? No. So I got to do the stretches. And then, you know, once you do stuff like that, you realize it's not the end of the world. Even if they were to say something like you're not dead, you're still better. You're fine. And, you know, you get a lot of confidence in that. You get a lot of confidence from doing stuff that you're afraid to do. So if you're afraid to do something, obviously within um, good boundaries, do it. Um, find a way to do it if you're afraid to write a poem because you think it's you know not masculine if you don't think it's manly do it um and yeah your first few times doing something's gonna suck that's how it goes it's called process but the more you do it the more you you know sing in public the more you are singing you know your shower or whatever um the better you're gonna get the better you get the more confidence you're gonna have to do it wherever and so you kind of start to forget about that stuff. And the more you forget about the fear of man's opinion and shutting yourself off, the less you have these defense mechanisms, this saving face type of reaction to things that you actually want, you know? And it's funny because everybody does it, but you know, there's always something that you want, but you're afraid to get it because for whatever reason, you're afraid of whatever. Um, you know, basically at the end of the day, you just gotta, let God love you and know that he's bigger than everything. And um, that type of stuff will kind of fall to the wayside. So that type of, you know, I'm afraid to do this because of this will start to go away. The more you let God empower you through faith to, you know, work through that stuff. So I don't want to, you know, say too much to make you forget what's really, you know, what I really want this to be about. But at the end of the day, it is just about, uh, vulnerability it's about letting your guards down for whatever reason and, you know that can look like a million different things to you know so many people so I can't really go too far into that but at the end of the day like I said for me personally it was you know writing singing playing guitar like I just sent my buddy a song that I made and I was super nervous um stuff like that and again is like one of my first songs so nah it's not that good but for me um it's great you know it's probably a one of the best things I've done in my life, honestly, was putting that stuff out there. Um, and it feels awesome. And so just an update, um, you know, cause my mom's kind of, they were married for 35 years, but you know, my mom's out, out, you know, with a 
two of my sisters and all their kids and, you know, both are, so both my sister's husbands and their kids. And, you know, my mom's gone way outside of comfort zone too, you know, and my sisters and I, and their husbands are, we're all helping each other, you know, do stuff that we haven't done before and walking each other through it, encouraging each other through it. And don't get me wrong. We have our hardships for sure. But there is a quote and I posted on my Instagram, but it's a quote by John Eldridge. And he says, there's only one way to make a warrior. And he says it's through hardships and it's the truth. So we live in a culture today where convenience and com comfortability, com comfortability, comfortability is like the two things we want. We want a luxury, right? We want a nice car. We want a nice house. We want a nice, easy job. Um, because we think that those things will give us peace, but it's not. It's ironically the opposite. Um, I'm not saying go out and look for trouble, but definitely go out and look for um, uncomfortability. I can't even say that word. <laughs> go out and look for things that are going to challenge you, um, make you better, make you stronger. Um, you know, go out and, like I said, do whatever it is that you're scared of. Obviously, within boundaries, I'm going jumping off a cliff without a bungee cord. Okay. But, um, you know, trust that put yourselves in situations where you have to rely on God, right? Not your own understanding. And that stuff will be, you'll see some really cool things, really, 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 really cool things. And so I would just encourage you in that. So, one, be conscientious of your own relationships. What you think is normal probably isn't. Um, two, be considerate of other people. Like I said, everybody's going through something hard. Okay. So just know that. So if somebody's on your heart or on your mind to talk to, or if you had a dream about somebody, text them in the morning or whatever, just say hi. Um, you know, like I said, if I were to say this to kids, they would do it without me even saying it. Like they don't care. They would, they, they want the best for everybody. You know, it's funny watching little kids. And I think we get a lot of joy in it. Because what kids are is what we used to be before we got hurt. Okay. So forgive your hurt, forgive the people that hurt you. Um, again, there's boundaries within forgiveness. Um, forgiving somebody is more so a spiritual thing. It doesn't mean they have to be your boyfriend or girlfriend again. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be your, your dad again, like at Christmas or whatever, but there has to be a common ground of I'm letting go of this pain uh, that this person caused. And uh, yeah, and then the, the third one, like I said, the most, the, this really all comes down to, especially for me, and you know, I'm tempted to say men, but it's not even just men, it's women too. I mean, women have been hurt so much. Um, so being vulnerable, being vulnerable is hard, right? Because that's how you get hurt, but that's, that's the closest, I mean, that's how you truly have life. And that's truly how you overcome your, your pain. And that's truly how you forgive. And that's truly how you, you know, have this relationship with God is by putting yourself out there in whatever way you believe that is. And don't get me wrong. Like you're going to get hurt again. Like you're going to get hurt. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get pushed to the ground. We live in a world where people like to take advantage of people because they're so hurt. So that type of stuff will happen and it sucks. But when God is your source, that stuff um, doesn't really bother you as much. Okay. You start to realize that it's just a part, like you start to have a different perspective. You start to realize hurt people hurt people. 
that person's trying to hurt me because they're hurt and it's too bad. Um, how do I get through that person's defense mechanism to help them, right? Um, that's the perspective you start to have. It's a really good perspective to have. Instead of being offended of them trying to offend you, you just start to like, I, for me, I laugh and I'm just like, okay, but like, what do you really mean? Like, what is it that it's really bothering you? Because nobody grew up that way. No kid goes up to another kid and tries to hurt them for no reason. Like, I mean, unless they steal a toy, but that's just, you know, something else. But it's like most of these kids are just trying to help each other all the time. And so, yeah, I think once we start to realize hurt people hurt people, and healthy people help people. Um, we start to, you know, help, you know, the healthy people help. And so when, like I said, hurt people try to hurt people, it, it's, it's more so like, okay, like, hey, um, obviously something's going on in your life. Like, find a way to talk about it, find a way to, you know, help that person, blah, 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 instead of just being angry that, that they offended you or whatever. So, yeah, you know, um, every time I do one of these, I kind of go off on tangents. I maybe get too chatty, but um, I just, you know, want to explain to people, uh, you know, that this isn't, you know, it's a, it is a tough situation. I'm not trying to come out there and be like, oh, I'm perfectly fine because I'm not. I just, I just, uh, you know, this is how I feel. It really is. This is how I handled it. This is it's made me a better person and it's pushed me it's for sure pushed me um and i'm definitely uh you know sort of on my tippy toes a little bit like with where i'm at in life and, and career wise and stuff like that because i've taken a few chances with leaving my engineering degree and stuff like that and you know this coming up kind of puts a little bump in the row not a little but a huge one and then so what, what to do from here from because of it so there's a lot of unknown, but like I said, to be honest with you, this isn't the worst thing I've been through. Not that I rely on experience to get me through things because I don't, because you don't have enough experience to live off of experience, no matter who you are. But it is like, it is, you know, there is definitely some habits that I've already built from previous experiences that have helped me through this. So I'm thankful for that. Um, so yeah, prayer is definitely one of them. And, you know, not to get too weird, but I mean, I don't know. I just get into it. Well, maybe I'll just touch on it. Mm, no. Okay. So forget what I just said, but um, there is things that you can do. I definitely read the Bible, read the Bible and talk to people that are always, like I said, going to support you and challenge you. Um, and then talk to yourself like you would your best friend. Um, would you say that to your best friend? Because we're often hardest on ourselves than we are other people. So it's like, if you're not going to say that to your mom, don't say it to yourself and vice versa. Don't say it to someone else, even if they did, you know, piss you off or whatever. So, yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, um, find ways to put yourself out there. Be vulnerable. Find ways to get outside your comfort zone. Put yourself in a place where you're going to fail. Um, talk to your... Talk to the people that you've had broken relationships with, write letters, whatever it is. Um, all that stuff is like, you know, God will just ask, just ask, I mean, you know, God will figure that out. Because I didn't have anybody tell me to do this stuff. Honestly, I just followed my heart. Um, if you're being honest with yourself, reading the Bible and following your heart, you can't go wrong. Um, and so, 
that'll that'll lead you to where you want to be. Um, and enjoy the moments. Um, there's a lot of little moments in the day. You don't need a fancy car, a fancy house, or whatever to be at peace. Um, yeah, and that's what I'll finish with. Um, so I think I've hammered home the point of being vulnerable. The second thing I'd hammer home is uh, what you really want in this this life. The world can't give you. The world tries to market it and sell it to you. Um, they'll do everything they can to get your money. That's for sure. Based off of what you want. They know what you want. They know what you need. Um, and what you want is peace. Um, and so they'll sell that to you a billion different ways. And again, I'm not saying don't buy stuff. I buy stuff all the time um, because I think it's important to keep the economy going, especially you know local and small businesses. So I'm always spending money. Um, but what I'm saying is I don't spend it on stuff that I think is going to give me what God's given me already. Like I don't need it because I know God's given it to me. Um, so that, that comfortable stuff, you know, that culture that we live in, that convenience, um, passivity, uh, the path of least resistance, um, get out of that. It ain't, it ain't what it is. There is no American dream. There is only God's dream and God's will for you. And God's will for you is way better than anything. Okay. And it's going to take some risk. It's going to take some humility because if you're going to take some risk, you're going to have to be humble. And what humility is, is knowing that God's your source. And the nice thing about that is once you really start to have confidence in who God is, excuse me, you start to have this, okay, well then you do it type of mentality, God. Right. And then the more you push stuff back onto God, which is what he wants, um, the more freedom you have to fail. So that's huge. Um, because before I had a good relationship with God, I felt like I had to handle everything. I had to do everything. And when I failed, um, you know, that meant I wasn't good enough. So and I know we all go through that. So, yeah. Um, that's about all I have. Um, feel like maybe there's one more thing I should say, but I don't know. But yeah, um, at the end of the day, like I said, that's that's where it's at. Um, being vulnerable, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of the convenience of life, you know, getting out of that routine. That's what I'll finish on. There's a huge difference between being in a rhythm and being in routine. Um, it's easy for us to be. You know, we feel like routine is good, but it's really only good for the nine to five life cycle. Routine is good for, you know, being a cog in the machine. Rhythm is better. Okay. Rhythm allows you to take risk. It allows you to be outside of the rat race while also being in it to some extent to help in a godly way. So be in rhythm. Uh, don't be in a routine. Routine's too rigid, right? There's a, you want to be flexible. Uh, and you want to be structured. You don't want to be too rigid. You don't want to be too flexible or else you're just going with the wind. Um, and so that tick and tack, that, you know, structure and, you know, ebb and flow, that rhythm over routine, only, only God can do that for you. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, hide anything about what it is that I truly believe will help you. And that's, that's knowing that your God is your heavenly father and that every human being fails. Every human being fails to be that human 
that we all want, right? I want my mom or my sisters or my brother or this type of person, my coach or whoever, I want them to be um, this person that I can always go to and always look up to, but that person doesn't exist, okay? You're, whether it's your wife or your husband or whatever, that person doesn't exist, okay? Um, that's why there is a God. God is your main supply, okay? And then when God's your main supply, everything else falls into place on that rhythm, that ebb and flow, okay? So just don't forget that, you know, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're perfect in his eyes all the time, no matter what. Um, you're going to sin. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. Um, we all do all the time. And it's, you know, being vulnerable with your mistakes, being vulnerable with um, your relationships, being vulnerable with, you know, the world who, you know, loves to beat people up, you know, basically the world's the bully. Um, and it's not so much people as much as it's their defense mechanisms. So once you know that, you'll start to understand that it's really not that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, uh, just so everybody knows, like I said, um, my mom's doing, doing good. Uh, we've, you know, had some hard conversations some hard times. Um, you know, her perspective of my dad right now compared to mine is different so I don't want to speak for my mom um but it's been good and you know there's a struggle there with you know if God's so big why could he let something like this happen well like I said you know that's kind of something you're gonna to have to figure out between you and God because I don't totally have the answer I have an idea and I'm okay with the idea right now but you know through this whole process you know, I'm sure I'll come to a conclusion, um, the right conclusion. And so, yeah, um, that's basically what we can do. The best thing you can do sometimes is just saying you don't know. And that's the truth. Um, yeah, but from here on out, like I said, the things I do know, I just said in this podcast, and I got upcoming podcasts that I think are going to do really good. Um, you know, I've read a few books during this time off. Um, one about women like is a book meant for women and it's pretty crazy you know there's some things i really didn't know and like i said with everything that's gone in my life i think it's interesting to read those things because it gives me a better perspective of certain things that have gone on in my life and that that happened to my mom and my sisters and stuff like that so and then i read a, a few other books one that was for men that i think you know really hit the head on a lot of things um so yeah and the similarities and the differences between the books. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, we're all, there's, there's three things that we need to take care of. Okay. It's the spirit, the mind and the body. And so we all know how to take care of the body. We kind of know how to take care of the mind, but only a person that believes in God knows how to get that spiritual fulfillment. And everybody's looking for that. And that's, why Jesus said he came to bring peace and peace, not that the world can give you because the world can't give you peace. It doesn't matter what you try to do. So once you have that spiritual connection with God, you start to find how to have peace. And a lot of that comes with vulnerability, um, doing stuff that you were meant to do, stuff that you basically did when you were a kid. Um, and then, you know, you got something happened, something, you know, beat you up you know, spiritually, um, or maybe physically, whatever it is, something stops you from doing it. So you close that off. And since you closed off that life supply, you got to get in other ways. And that's, you know, typically where sin comes from. Um, but once you reopen up that valve and let it, let that supply come back through, you know, that sin gets replaced by whatever it is. 
Um, for me, it's been music, uh, speaking in tongues, you know, writing poems, doing podcasts, um, talking about God, and, you know, putting myself out there. Uh, so stuff like that, talking about what's going on in my life, uh, more in depth with whoever, uh, whoever is willing to listen. Um, and then listening that, oh, yeah. So last thing I'll say, that's probably what I wanted to say. Giving people space to help me is hard. Um, I think that's hard for anybody that grew up like I did. We grew up very self-sufficient because of my dad. We grew up that we had to do stuff on our own. We had to figure it out on our own financially, spiritually, whatever it was, uh, broken relationships, we had to figure it out. And so I built up these walls that I didn't want anybody to help me. Um, and so, yeah, that is definitely one. I probably should have led with that. But if you're still listening, thank you. Um, yeah, man, letting people help me has been hard. Um, giving people space, no matter who they are, especially like, you know, older men, um, giving them space to help me. I don't, I don't want to do that because they remind me of my dad or I think they're going to screw me over like my dad. So yeah, that's, that's a huge challenge for me is giving people space to help me, which is weird because the best way to, you know, you know, make a new friend or to strengthen your relationship with people is to let them help you because then they feel valuable. When people feel valuable in a friendship or in a relationship, that's where a real connection happens. So you really have to let people help you in order to have healthy relationships. So that has been hard for me because I like we live in that independent culture, right? Where I can do everything on my own and I don't need anybody. That's cool and sexy right now, um, but it's stupid. It's like the opposite of what's really, really true uh, in God's eyes, what's really meant to be. So yeah, getting, letting people help you, no matter who they are, you can think, yeah, I mean, I could go on all day about that, but at the end of the day, give space, especially your significant other to help you, let them help you. And for me, this is for me and probably a few other people, shut up, let them help you. You know, don't try to tell them how to help you either. Okay. So yeah, that's all I got. Um, Definitely going to do more podcasts more consistently. Like I said, I took a break. That was important. Glad I did. For those of you that are listening, thank you. Thank you for supporting. Um, hope you got something out of this. Please let me know if you did or didn't. Um, I love to talk to people. Love to just do whatever. And if you want to do podcasts, please let me know. All right. Love you guys. God bless.